KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to From the Concert Hall with your hosts Corbin Sturch and Zachary Payne, your vintage radio program here on KUOZ 100.5 FM. Community radio produced by the Radio Television Video Department here at University of the Ozarks in Clarksville, Arkansas. From the concert hall plays some of the famous artists of the past, as well as features a few of our very own from right here at home. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we take you live right here to our very own little concert hall. Thank you for tuning in to From the Concert Hall. I'm Zachary Payne. And I'm Corbin Starch. A couple events here in the community to make you aware of this week before we start our show. The Clarksville Lion Club is going to be having a pancake breakfast Tuesday, March 31st at the Clarksville First United Methodist Church. They'll be serving from 6.30 in the morning to 12.30 in the afternoon. Right now the prices are $5 per person or $3 for children 12 and under. Remember, this is all you can eat, folks. And... Should you want to order out, if you have six or more orders, they'll deliver. The number to call on that is 979-2260. That is 479-979-2260. Also happening in the community this week is a play brought to you by the University of the Ozarks Theater Department. Five Women Wearing the Same Dress, a play by Alan Ball. This is happening in the Black Box Theater at the Walton Fine Arts Center. February 19th through 21st. Tonight was the first showing, but you can catch it again tomorrow night with the door opening at 7 and play starting at 7.30. You can also catch a Saturday matinee at 3 with house opening at 2.30. There is no late seating for this event because of how the Black Box Theater is laid out. For more information, you can call 479-979-1349. Again, that is 479-979-1349. It's $8 a ticket. And parents, remember, because of some graphic scenes in this play, this show is intended for mature audiences only. Again, mature audiences only. That is five women wearing the same dress here at University of the Ozarks. Now, to get on with our normal programming, this week with us we've got Doug Mason, Doug, why don't you say hi to the folks and tell us a bit about yourself. Hi. Uh, well, I'm uh, I'm uh, currently an artist here in Clarksville. <clears throat> I spent uh, most of my life as a music teacher, though, and uh, uh, that's that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, I'll, I'll let you start us off. Sure thing. Um... Tell us a little bit more about your art. What are you doing uh, art-wise today here in Clarksville? Well, um, I work in uh, uh, pencil, graphite, and uh, pen and ink, colored pencil, uh, oils, and acrylics. And uh, right now I'm concentrating mostly in uh, graphite and colored pencil. Uh, But uh, I've been wanting to do art ever since, well... 
I can't remember when. <laughs> uh, when I was uh, when I was little, I guess I must have been about uh, uh, second or third grade, or maybe about fifth grade. Uh, went to birthday party uh, with one of my friends, and uh, he had been taking a, uh, one of those um, uh, mail order uh, art courses, and he was drawing a picture of a pirate, and I thought, man, that really looks cool. So I decided to to try my hand at it, and uh, after a while I was doing uh, uh, copying just uh, not stenciling but uh, tracing but uh, just copying with my eye um, uh, all the Disney characters like uh, Peter Pan and Donald Duck and <laughs> and all of that. All right. So, uh, but uh, I guess I've had a, an interest in that all my life. But also, uh, in first grade, I started taking accordion lessons. So I guess you can say I'm double whammy. I'm a musician and an artist both. <laughs> that's, All uh, right. that's one we don't hear anymore is accordion, mm-hmm. especially around here. You know, looking back, it used to be a really popular instrument, and yeah, I, I guess stereotype says it still is in Louisiana, <laughs> yeah. further south we go. <laughs> that's but true. Here in the Ozarks, I don't guess it would be as popular. Now, as someone who's seen Doug's art, I can attest that it's absolutely superb. But Doug, you have a really interesting story about a special person from your Ozarks who really liked your art. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what. I guess it was about uh, 1993 or four, or maybe 1995. Uh, I, was, uh, I was working here at a little part-time jobs uh, in the music department here at the uh, U of O, and uh, but I was still doing artwork too. Uh, they had a, a an art show. It was uh, um, it was sponsored by Tyson's, so the they wanted everything, uh, every subject matter of every artist to be something about chickens. So <laughs> I decided to <laughs> to draw a thing. It was a it was a pencil thing, and uh, uh, I drew a picture of a. Uh, a mother hen looking over her uh, pile of eggs that she had laid, and there was a couple, a uh, couple of little chicks that just hatched, and then uh, one egg right in the middle that had a crack and a little beak sticking out, is just getting ready to hatch. <laughs> and I called it, uh, "Look, Mom, here comes another one." <laughs> and uh, but anyway, uh, I entered it in the art show because uh, our son was trying to raise money for uh a mission trip to guatemala i think it was and um anyway we thought that well if you win uh you win first place we can use that money to help him out with the mission trip money well in the meantime my wife decided that no she didn't want me to sell it she wanted to keep that picture for herself (laughs) and so so i i went ahead and entered the the art show and just put a a note on it said uh, not for sale uh well uh i can't remember how long the uh the art show lasted but uh somewhere from the time it started to before it ended we got a call from uh the director the art director here at the college saying that uh helen walton wanted to uh inquire about my picture and wondered if i would 
change my mind and uh, sell it. And so I said, uh, I said, uh, well, I, uh, you're going to have to ask my wife about that. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, we never did hear any more from Helen Walton. She was just real uh, gracious about it and said, okay, but well, I guess she decided that's that's the way it was going to be. But anyway, that was sort of a <laughs> well, <Wow>. highlight. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, Helen Walton was actually quite the connoisseur of art and an artist in her own right. She, Dr. Walton became known for her watercolors later in her life when she decided to pick up art herself. Hmm. Absolutely. And she is, uh, the Walton family as a whole, have uh, funded many things uh, across the state and across the nation uh, for education in total and uh, a lot for music as we do have a building named after the Waltons right, here on have, campus. We have the Walton Fine Arts Center, and in it we have Walton Endowed Professors like Dr. Gorman, the Walton Professor of Music. We have the Walton Professor of Art and also the Walton Professor of Theater. So they are huge contributors to the arts and humanities here at University of the Ozarks and also at several institutions across the nation. We also see the Walton International Scholars Program, which offers scholarships to Central American and international students to come study here in the U.S. and contribute greatly back to their own country and society where they come from. Absolutely, and um, that's been a huge program here on uh, here on the campus, and um, we bring in some really bright minds from other countries to go back and better theirs, and it's it's a wonderful program. Right. They've just done a lot for this uh, for this college and many others. Right now, Doug, you said accordion. Mm-hmm. Tell us. After you'd picked up accordion, where where'd you go musically in the next few years after that? Well, I took accordion for about eight years, and that was from first grade till well till eighth grade, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, the reason for accordion, I guess, I guess my parents sort of pushed it on me because uh, my uh, dad was a big fan of Lawrence Welk. <laughs> and uh that show. you know Lawrence Welk and Myron Florin were the, the the Lawrence Welk was the leader of the uh the uh Lawrence Welk Orchestra or whatever you call it and tonight on the Lawrence Welk show uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh of course uh well I was born in California so we lived right out there where they were they had their show in Los Angeles and uh Anyway, so that's why that's why it uh, was accordion, and uh, we had uh, an accordion studio. Oh, I guess is maybe twenty miles away uh, in another town, but uh, the the head of the of the accordion studio was a, an old uh, Italian teacher from Italy. And, I mean, he had a, a, a thick accent. You couldn't understand him some of the time. But uh, they went all over the uh, the valley out there from Los Angeles to San Bernardino just uh, going door to door selling accordion lessons and selling accordions. And that's uh, they came to our house, and that's, that's what got us interested in it. All right. So I have to ask, um, do you still pick up the accordion from time to time? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, not very often. <laughs> that was 
and the, over the years I have lost a button on the left hand that uh, uh, the way it's set up you have the keyboard on your right hand and then you have the buttons on the left hand and the button that I lost was the main button right in the middle of the left hand where you guide on it's got a little dent in it to where you can feel it that it's different than all the rest of the buttons and so now all there is is just a hole there so (laughs) (laughs) but uh, it's been quite a while I guess since I played the accordion (laughs) all right now when when we'll hear your music tonight people hear you at the piano would you say that your work with accordion has helped form you as a pianist tell us about how you think that might translate to your work in piano and the keyboard in general yeah um playing accordion is a little bit different because instead of a piano where you've got the keyboard out in front of you uh horizontally you got the the keyboard uh vertically and so your your hand is going up and down vertically instead of right and left uh so uh other than that the the left hand is different because you got buttons to push and they're not in keyboard order like uh, like a piano is so that was i guess that was uh one of my hardest things uh learning the accordion was trying to figure out where those buttons you know the the patterns you, and you can't see your left hand you just have to learn to feel so hmm. it's interesting <laughs> it sounds like a very challenging instrument yeah it's and then plus you've got to keep your left hand going in and out to pull the bellows to make it sound so <laughs> it's not one i would dare try to pick up and learn <laughs> yeah it's, it's uh way too daunting for me (laughs) it's challenging coming from the organist who's used to three keyboards and a keyboard like contraption at his feet (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know i can play with both hands and both feet but what if you're talking about actually doing work with my whole arm that's uh yeah that's that's pushing it (laughs) (laughs) that's that's difficult (laughs) but um can you tell us a bit about any further work in music you do. I know in talking to you earlier, you mentioned you worked a lot in music education back years ago. You've traveled all over the country doing that. Can you tell us a bit about how you got into that and maybe some of your experiences from it? Well, um, when I was, uh, after I graduated from high school, uh, I went to college uh, as a music major. I actually started out as a forestry major, but the first year of math and science did me in so i changed to music <laughs> don't they always <laughs> <laughs> so but uh uh as i was as i was in college it was during the vietnam war and i had a college deferment so i wasn't getting drafted but i knew that i was going to get drafted as soon as i graduated so um somebody told me actually it was the and i can't think of his name now but it was the band director here at the c of o back then before it became the u of o uh told me that uh that uh several of the military bands you could audition for and uh i think he had said that he was he used to be in the air force band so uh, i used my uh senior recital saxophone tapes 
for uh, an audition and sent those up to Omaha, Nebraska, and that's where I first went into the Air Force Band was uh, in uh, Nebraska. And I guess while I was in uh, up there before my second duty station, that's where we got all the traveling. I mean, we went all over, uh, just all over. About... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I hit about uh, seven or eight different states, just going to play for change of command ceremonies and 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 other things. Uh, one big thing was uh, we got to come down to Oklahoma City for July Fourth, and uh, we uh, were on the Stars and Stripes show. Mm-hmm. On uh, and we did that. Uh, I think we did that two years in a row. And uh, got to play uh, with, uh, we got to back up uh, Della Reese one time. Uh, uh, was it Chill Wills? And uh, I can't think of some of the, oh, uh, Tennessee Ernie Ford. It was really a good experience. I would say so. And then after that, I got shipped to Hawaii for two years, and so, <laughs> so that was nice. <laughs> now, so it is as scenic as people say down there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and I went in January, so it was nice and cold from Omaha, Nebraska <laughs> in January, if you can imagine, you know, four or five feet of snow. <clears throat> and uh, we flew into landed in uh, Honolulu, and got off a of plane, it was just like walking into a sauna. It was nice. That, that, that <laughs> does <imagine>. sound wonderful. <laughs> so anyway, I got out of the Air Force, and uh, my last duty station was Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, started uh, looking around for band directing jobs, and that's where I started uh, teaching band, was in a little place called Mayer, Arizona. Okay. So Now... Just so we can touch a bit more on some of the pieces you've recorded today, one of the first pieces you did with us was Take Time to Be Holy. Uh-huh. Now, that's a classical interpretation on a hymn. Can you tell us a bit about that piece from your perspective? Well, it's uh, it just uh, it starts out, you know, the, the regular uh, uh, tune, melody, like you're used to hearing in church, and then it goes into a little... Uh, um, I guess you would call it a bridge going into the next section. And uh, then the next section is uh, about an octave higher. And uh, it's nice and real soft with arpeggiated chords. And then uh, it changes into a little bit more building up uh, as you get into the the closing of it. And it gets louder and louder and then finally dies out and ends up real soft at the end. See, I particularly enjoyed the end going to the middle. You've got that nice um, oh, glissando up the oh, keyboard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't hear that a lot, and it was... Yeah, it's a little... Uh, um, it's not Hollywood. I don't know what... Just I guess sort it. of a Nashville-type <laughs> <laughs> type sound. <laughs> I can definitely see that. <laughs> well, we're about to hear Take Time to Be Holy, as recorded by Doug Mason today. But before we play this, we'd like to invite our listeners to call in if they might have any questions or comments for Doug 
The number to call is 479-979-1490. Again, that is 479-979-1490. And this is Take Time to Be Holy by Doug Mason. KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Thank you for tuning in to From the Concert Hall. I'm Zachary Payne. And I'm Corbin Sturge. With us this week, we've got local artist and musician Doug Mason. Doug, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. So, how how would you say your experience has been so far dealing with us all day today? Mm-hmm. Coming in, recording, sitting with us this late at night. I hope we haven't interrupted your sleep pattern. Oh, no. I, <laughs> I, I tend to go to bed late and wake up late. <laughs> <laughs> Living the dream there. Yeah. <laughs> That seems to be most musicians or artists in uh, in general. My uh, my grandfather also, who uh, is a musician, he went on tour uh, 
with Elvis Presley, Jerry Lewis, uh, Johnny Cash, all of them back in the day. He uh, he'll stay up till two in the morning, two three in the morning inside his studio, still making music huh. and sleeping late in the late in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, if you've been listening in, you heard Doug talk a bit about his travels and his time with the military. And his getting into music with the door-to-door accordion instructor. <laughs> uh, Doug, do you want to tell us a bit more about getting into life in Arizona and really getting into the school system and teaching? Some of your maybe favorite moments from that or lessons you've taken away from it? Well, uh, <laughs> I guess... Uh I guess one of one of the lessons in public school was that I was not cut out for public school teaching. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I seemed to I seemed to do a whole lot better just teaching one on one. but uh I've been doing private lessons since uh uh when was it? 1987, I guess, until uh, we moved back here from New Mexico, which was in 2013, no. and uh, just taught. I guess there was about 10 or 11 different uh, instruments that I taught at one time or another. Now that's a list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of all these instruments, though, I can't help but ask, um, what would you say is your favorite instrument? Like, where does your heart lie on instruments? Well, probably it would, uh, I guess it's a toss-up between piano and cello. Uh, when I was in college, uh, uh, I was a music major, and we had to take a strings course, which uh, uh, divided up the course into four different parts. So you took uh, a little bit of time learning the violin, a little bit of time learning the viola, <clears throat> Excuse me, and a little bit of time on the cello, and a little bit of time on the string bass. <clears throat> and um, in order to get your uh, degree in uh, a bachelor of arts in uh, music ed, uh, you had to um, uh, you had to take. I think it was, well, I can't remember how long it was. I took two years of uh, community orchestra. I don't think you had to take that much of it to satisfy the requirements. But uh, I chose cello as my instrument to play in this orchestra, and I just fell in love with it. And then I didn't touch cello after college for years and years until I guess it was about... uh, about five years ago, or six years now, I guess, uh, out in uh, New Mexico, uh, I had uh, uh, one of the girls in the church that I went to wanted to take cello lessons, and I decided, well, if I wanted to teach cello, I needed to have a cello of my own so I could show them what to do. So uh, I went and bought a cello and started learning, and it's just been the love of my life just about (laughs) (laughs) but um uh as i was uh out there i went to uh uh, there's a red rock string ensemble that they have in uh, gallup new mexico is where we lived um and i went to uh, a concert one night and uh 
the doctor uh, that was the the violin, the head violin uh, player of the Red Rock Strings, that organized it and and got it going. Uh, somebody had told him that I was teaching cello lessons, and he said he was needing a cello player. So I told him I'd I'd like to 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 give it a try. I was I was sort of new at the cello back then, and I wasn't that good, but I was willing to practice at it. So I signed up, and uh, it was just a wonderful wonderful experience. I'm. One of these days, uh, I'm going to get back to it when I've got more time. <laughs> <laughs> now, all that time in Gallup, New Mexico, with the string ensemble, what what was the highlight moment playing with them? Do you think we always we always like to highlight everyone's favorite moments or comedic moments they look back on and laugh at? Makes well, I don't know. Uh, I guess every season was was you know something special about it. Uh we got to play uh I got introduced to a lot of uh of um I guess you'd call them classical mainstays. <laughs> <laughs> uh I got to play on the uh the Bach Devil uh concerto with the orchestra. I wasn't the soloist. Um let me see what else was there. Uh, got to play the uh, Mozart uh, Ina Klein and Nacht music. Oh. Uh, anyway, stuff like that. It was just really neat. One time uh, they were uh, needing something extra, and so I volunteered to play a Chopin uh, prelude on the piano. So I mean, uh, not a, it was a it's an etude, Chopin etude. So that was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like they gave you lots of opportunities and uh, a lot of good experience, especially on the cello. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it a was... huge list of accomplishments. Absolutely. It really is. It's And it's always fun also learning a new instrument. Speaking from an old band perspective, when I was in high school, yeah. learned tons of different ones. And it's always fun picking up a new one and getting good at it. Mm-hmm. Now, you were saying you were doing work with the church. Can you tell us a bit about your work within the church? Well, uh, uh, are you referring to New Mexico? Yes. Okay. Well, we were uh, we were in church here uh, down in Russellville at uh, Missionary Baptist uh, uh, Church down there. And uh, our daughter went on a mission trip out west to... Uh, Arizona, and it was uh, it was uh, a Navajo uh, uh, a Navajo run church. Uh, the pastor there was Navajo, and uh, she came back and uh, from the uh, from the the mission trip, and uh, the uh, whoever it was that was leading them at the time, I can't remember. Uh, brought back this message from them that they needed workers and uh i just started thinking about it and praying about it and so we we went out there as missionary helpers Hmm. and uh the the situation wasn't quite what we had expected it to be so uh we didn't stay with them more than about three months but uh we felt like we were still 
called to be there on the mission field and uh it was it was a real good experience we got to work with uh, what they call a release time at a school uh at a at a uh uh town down the road from where we first started out there um where the the church was right next to the elementary school playground <laughs> and so we were uh we got permission from the principal to go and round up the kids they had to have their parents permission to to go but then we'd bring them back over to the church for about a half an hour and we did that five days a week <laughs> and so we were reaching like two or three hundred kids a week that's amazing and uh, it was really good that is amazing <coughs> now there's one story i've heard you tell that i always kind of laugh at having a <coughs> I forget where you said it was, but you, you recalled always having to move the piano on and off stage <coughs> for um, each service, I think. Um, okay, yeah. The, uh, the the church that we attended out in Gallup, New Mexico, was uh, uh, it had the sanctuary actually in the basketball court. So it was one of those churches where you had... Uh, you know, multiple use building there, <coughs> and the the piano was a, I guess it was about a six foot uh, Baldwin uh, Grand on rollers, and the the uh, the floor of the gym was a little bit uneven, and so uh, I lots of times I had to uh, set up the piano myself for church services the next day or whatever and it was you'd start pushing this big old piano and it'd start going to the right when you wanted it to go to the left and <laughs> <laughs> it was good experience <laughs> it, it sounds pretty interesting a piano of that size on rollers is not something i've typically heard of yeah well, i always hate to move a grand they're like it's like moving a box car uh-huh. you get them started <laughs> Once you get them started, they they really get going, but then it's stopping them again. Uh-huh. Physics. <laughs> yeah, physics at work right there. <laughs> physics students really should take a day to move pianos. Uh-huh. That They'll learn the true meaning of momentum. Uh-huh. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but um, I could definitely see that being a challenge. Um, not only a piano that size, but uh, go ahead and add an uneven level yeah. to it, and then... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to do it. That's that's yeah. for sure. Not without help, at least. Especially yeah. if that thing got it going a little bit too fast on the wrong direction. It just shows what <laughs> yeah. your musicians go through all the time. <laughs> uh, have uh, Have you guys heard of Mark Schultz? Um, he's a Christian so. artist singer. Think the, so. the last name is very familiar. Yeah, that that's what's familiar to me. Is the last anyway, name. it's Mark Schultz. He he uh, came through out in New Mexico and uh, performed at our church and while we were before we got the new sanctuary so we were still in the gym and we had a stage uh, but usually we had the piano down on the gym floor instead of up on the stage well he wanted it up on the stage so it took about uh, I guess it was 10 or 12 big men around that piano and just lifted it up and put it on the stage for him to use during the performance. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Um, for those of our viewers who uh, don't know much about pianos, um, a piano of that size is heavy, very <laughs> heavy. <laughs> I would say multiple hundreds of pounds. Yeah, uh, you're probably closer to a thousand. Uh, close to a thousand, yeah, close to a thousand pounds, but um, almost as heavy as a car, small car, but a car. Maybe those little German cars, little mm-hmm. three wheeled cars mm-hmm. you see driving around, yeah. Mm-hmm. But still, regardless. <laughs> Very heavy. Very heavy. And so that doesn't surprise me about 10 men having to uh, try and lift that up. If it, were a, <laughs> if it were a Walmart box, I think it'd say team lift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, Doug, being an artist of the community, is it possible for people to commission artwork with you and pay to get artwork from you here in the community? Well, I, I haven't done any commissions. Uh, um Right now, I'm just uh, trying to sell art prints of my work, oh. and uh, uh, we have a. Uh, I've got a, a website now. It's uh, called DougMasonArt.com. So, if anybody'd like to go on and and look it up, and also, uh, uh, let's see, we're on Facebook, Doug Mason Fine Art Prints. Well, we will definitely be looking you up on our own Facebook page so we can promote that a bit better. So. Absolutely. Now, how much... My favorite piece of art by you is the Christmas tree scene. Oh, yeah. Can... For those of you who might be interested in this, can you tell us a bit of the story behind that art piece? Well, uh, when I first started this, I hadn't had much experience with colored pencils. So, uh, but I had been reading uh, uh, art instruction books and, and, and articles by colored pencil artists and everything. So uh, I started trying to do this uh, uh, Christmas tree that we had set up in our house there in Gallup. And it was just such a, a neat picture of the, the middle part of our, our house was what we call it a sitting room. And uh, at night, when you have the Christmas tree lights on, we'd turn off all the lights in the house and just have the Christmas tree lights on, and it just set that room aglow. And I just wanted to capture that, and uh, so I, I don't know why I picked colored pencil, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that Christmas tree stayed up for about three years while I was working on that. <laughs> on that that piece but i finally got it done now (laughs) is it possible to buy prints of that also yes yes i haven't got it scanned yet but that's one of the next things i'm gonna have because that is to where it'll be able to be seen on the on the website that is my absolute favorite by you it's so fine that it just even just in its form now it looks just like as glossy as a magazine cover and it's just that perfect (laughs) it's beautiful thanks now Another piece you recorded today was the Bach Prelude Number Two. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a bit about why you chose that piece, or if that piece has any special meaning to you, or how you really feel about that piece? Well, the first time I heard it was in college, and uh, I've tried to play it like I first heard it, but in the, since since I first heard it, I've decided that it needed to be a little slower than the way I first heard it, because <laughs> it was just really fast. <laughs> But uh, I've just always loved it, and uh, I've uh, I've played uh, the prelude and the the fugue uh, at uh, church before on the piano. 
<coughs> See, when I was listening to you recorded earlier today, the way you played it was the way I'd always heard it. Was uh, it was to me? It was the perfect tempo with just the right amount of expression. I really liked that. Well, one of the things I guess that has inspired me is listening to uh, Long Long on the piano. And he has, uh, I've, I've heard him play things that I've heard other pianists play, and he just puts so much expression into it, just you've never heard it played like that. And so that was something that sort of, you know, got me thinking along the lines of a little slower on that piece. I think when our listeners hear it, they'll agree that... The tempo you played this at today was, I feel, just the right tempo for this piece. It's not too fast. It's not too slow. It's just that right tempo that's perpetually moving and gives it the right amount of dynamic and emotion, which I think would have been a driving force in writing this for Bach. Absolutely. So, here it is, folks. Bach's prelude number two, as played by Doug Mason. KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. You are listening to From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Thank you for tuning in to From the Concert Hall. I'm Zachary Payne. And I'm Corbin Sturch. 
And if you're just joining us, you've reached the last stretch of our show here tonight with Doug Mason, a local artist and musician. Doug? Please. And so, um, Doug, we've heard you talk a little bit about your kids um, here on the radio, and I couldn't help but uh, begin to wonder, um, how many kids do you have? Uh, we've got three. Uh got uh, a son that works for Walmart up in uh, uh, Bentonville. Uh, a daughter and her uh, husband lives up in uh, <laughs> Kansas. I can't think of the name of the town right now, but anyway, uh, it's down south of Wichita. Okay. Uh, and uh, and then uh, another son and his wife lives in Denver, Colorado. Wow. They're snowed in right now, I think, yeah. aren't they? <laughs> no, no, not really. Uh, a friend of ours that uh, goes to church with us just came back from a ski trip in Colorado when it was 70 degrees. Oh, oh wow. I'm envious. <laughs> I know. I wish we had that weather. So. I guess I was thinking of the wrong part of Colorado at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were up in the mountains, but it was still 70 degrees, she said. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Well, good weather for them. But not for skiing, but just good weather in general. Yeah. Okay, so um, you said one of them's up in Bentonville working for uh, Walmart. Mm-hmm. What are the other two up to? Well, the uh, the our daughter uh, is Eleanor, and uh, I didn't tell you the names. The son in in uh, Northwest Arkansas is Drew, and uh, the one in uh, uh, Denver is Nathan. Uh, Drew is uh, working for Walmart. Uh, Eleanor is uh, married to Jim, and uh, he works uh, as a, a forklift driver. I can't remember the company that he works for now, but uh, that's where they're at. And uh, my son Nathan uh, started out as a, a CNA, a nurse assistant type thing, mm-hmm. and he decided he didn't want to do that. So now he's working with a tree cutting service. <laughs> And <laughs> so, but, uh, I mean, whatever makes them happy, right? Yeah. <laughs> the goal in life, I think, is for everyone to always find that career that they feel best suited and happiest in. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It is said that if you're happy with what you do, you never work a day in your life. And so I like to live by that a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I can't help but wonder, um, did you secretly hope some of them would follow in the footsteps of music and art? Well, yeah, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Drew is just really uh, talented with just anything. I mean, he could have been a concert pianist if he wanted to, or he could have been a juggler if he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and uh, Nathan... Uh, wanted to play drums so i tried to teach him drums as he's growing up and he just passed me like lightning and a lot better drummer than i ever was well so so they definitely inherited some of that uh music gene for sure yeah oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) there's no telling how musical their kid's gonna be i i i really like to think that that gene gets more and more refined with each new generation (laughs) No, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> they still haven't surpassed the master? Huh? I said they still haven't surpassed the master yet? Well, Nathan surpassed him in drums. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> uh, 
the day the student became the new master. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. So we're getting into the last bit of the show. Doug, do you want to remind some of the folks out there how they can get in touch with you, find your artwork? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, www.dougmasonart.com or on Facebook, it's uh, Doug Mason Fine Art Prints. Great. Like I said, we'll be finding you on Facebook so we can better advertise you. I think a lot of our followers would be really interested in seeing your work after hearing you talk about it, hear us talk about it. Your work really is phenomenal. It's some of the best art I've seen, especially from an artist that, I mean, I've never seen at the gallery, but I should see at the gallery. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's time to get back in the gallery. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. So, other than um, I'm, I'm backtracking a little bit, but um, just a question I had earlier. Other than uh, your uh, the first instrument that you learned, um, did you have an interest in music before that, or did your parents like push it on you a little bit? Or well, yeah, my I said that they sort of pushed the accordion on me, but I think it's because. I used to pull out the pots and pans from under the sink and bang on them and everything. <laughs> and so they knew I had some music in me, I guess. <laughs> All right. <coughs> Whatever it takes to find that musical talent, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every kid loves the pots and pans, but this is what happens, parents. When you let the kids go a little further and you invest in music, they become lifelong musicians like Doug <laughs> and really get to travel all over the country just doing great things musically. (laughs) It just goes to show that music is an amazing thing to invest in, or the arts in general. Maybe your child is coloring on the wall. It's time to take them and get them some art lessons. Get (laughs) get him a pad instead of the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, for any uh, aunts or uncles out there, and you know that your niece and or nephew... Uh, likes those pots and pans. A, a drum set's a great present. <laughs> remember now. <laughs> Plus a pair of earplugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just remember, they make drum sets electronic now, so you don't have to listen to it all the time. <laughs> yeah. You can get those niece and nephews a nice electric drum set, and they can plug their own earphones in, and you can still watch your shows on TV without being interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, musical creativity at its finest, I think. <laughs> Definitely. The young age is... Really, when I like to think that your musical gears are really turning in its, its own you, your own pure creativeness. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting um, how, like, when it develops in other people. Um, when I was younger, I always liked listening to music. Like, when I was a kid, I always liked listening to music. I didn't, wasn't one to get the pots and pans out, stuff like that. But um, it actually wasn't for me until sixth grade, was when we could start band inside school. And, uh, to be honest, um, I started band because it got me out of some other class. And so I did that initially, but then um, within the first year, I was in love with it, and Let's music see. became my life. That was how I got into music. So it always makes me envious to see people who had a lifelong drive with music and have had it a part of their life since they were little, little. It just, I always get so envious, but, you know, I look back and I think, I've had a good run myself so far, so. Absolutely. I can't get too envious because I think I've made up for it, or I'm starting to at least. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. 
a music major in college, that's a definitely a good place to start. Yeah. I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope I'm on the right track. But thank you all for listening in tonight. You know, Doug Mason's been a great person to have on the show. Again, you can connect with him online. Doug, do you want to give us those websites and your Facebook again so people can get in touch? Yeah. Uh, so www.dougmasonart.com or on Facebook, uh, Doug Mason Fine Art Prints. For anyone who follows us on Facebook at From the Concert Hall, you will definitely be seeing links to those coming up shortly. So you can find them yourselves, maybe buy a print of Doug's. He's a phenomenal artist, and I strongly encourage anyone listening tonight to look at his stuff. I think you'll find that it'll be a great addition to your home to have on your wall or on display in your living room. He's a phenomenal artist and really worth investing in. But again, thanks to everyone who's listened to From the Concert Hall tonight. You can always find us on Facebook at From the Concert Hall, on Twitter at FTCH underscore K-U-O-Z. Again, that's F-T-C-H underscore K-U-O-Z. Or on Instagram at K-U-O-Z Concert Hall. But before we let you go tonight, just to make a few announcements we made at the beginning of the show, the Clarksville Lions Club will have a pancake breakfast on Tuesday, March 31st at the Clarksville First United Methodist Church. They'll be serving from 6.30 in the morning until 12.30 at night. Right now, the price is $5 a person or $3 for anyone 12 and under. This is all you can eat, folks. So bring the family, go on out, enjoy some good pancakes brought to you by the Clarksville Lions Club. And if you can't get out but you have an order of over six or more, they'll deliver. The number to call for that is 479-979-2260. Again, that is 479-979-2260. Or... If you want something happening a bit sooner, right now, University of the Ozarks Theater Department is showing five women wearing the same dress. It's a play by Alan Ball, as directed by Bruce Brown here at the university. It is showing February 19th to 21st. They had their opening night tonight, and I hear it was a very packed house, as it always is. Doors open at 7 tomorrow night, and the play starts at 7.30. Or, if you want to catch the Saturday matinee, it starts at 3, and doors open at 2.30 for seating. Remember, there is no late seating, and this is at the Walton Fine Arts Center here at the University of the Ozarks. Tickets are $8 and are on sale now at www.ozarks.edu forward slash theater. Or you can call and order online by phone at 479-979-1349. Again, that is 479-979-1349. And parents, this show is intended for mature audiences only, as there are some graphic scenes in the play. So consider hiring a sitter. Yes, but it is a great show to come out to. I know I'll be going to the Saturday matinee. I've already made plans. It's going to be a great show. But again, thank you, Doug, so much for coming on. It's been an absolute joy to have you on. It's been great to get to know you, and I look forward to getting to know you even more in the months and hopefully years to come as I'm here in Clarksville with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you. It's always nice to have on guests, especially guests with so much talent. It's always great to learn from them. Absolutely. Thank you. But this has been another episode of From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ. And to send us out tonight, we have False Slow Tears, as written by Ruth Elaine Schwamm. This is a Lenten piece that will help you 
sit back and reflect more on your Lenten penitence and what you've given up and why you've given it up. So enjoy, and thank you for tuning in as we hear false slow tears. Good night, all.